fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. Uh, I am Cammy Black. You might notice the slight change in name. Um, it was partly it was getting hard for me to say blog podcast together, um, and also it makes it slightly uh, easier for people to find us. Um, I'm joined tonight by Ian Hay. Hello, uh, Ian. Uh, what do you think of the new name? Um, it's fantastic. All of it. Uh, good rebranding is exactly what we need. Yep. No. No other suggestions. Um, the uh, maybe the Scottish Rugby Blogcast is that quite you know, concise? It's concise. It's not. It's not Google friendly, but oh. we might might oh. talk about about with that. Might talk about with that. Yeah. Um, anyway, tonight coming up, we have got a Silver Saturday special. Uh, what we have done is we've picked one club from each of the finalists playing this Saturday at Murrayfield. So we have got coming up a few interviews with. Uh, Melrose Rugby Club, uh, Watsonians, uh, Carrick, Glasgow University, uh, Auburn Lorne and Ross Sutherland. So they'll be coming up later on. Um, For the meantime, uh, we'll just crack on with uh, the news. Um, Ian, Ulster Glasgow at the weekend. Should we we start with that? Yes, and we shall make it brief. Try not to swear. Oh, I did enough of that on Saturday, to be honest. Does does that encapsulate? Do you think that encapsulated Glasgow's season in a nutshell in terms of the first and second halves? Yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, I rewatched it yesterday as well, and it, I mean, for the first fifty minutes, it was a very competitive game. Um, you know, sort of set piece wise and even front up wise, we were doing all well. Uh, we were doing all right. Um, also, we're desperate for the points, obviously. But uh, that last half hour just seemed to to go a bit soft and and got got run over um, and also there was lots of you know, silly knock-ons and just sort of bad basic skills at times um, Everyone seems to have got their tinfoil hats on this week um, about that result and other things but there's the conspiracy going around that Glasgow did that on purpose just to make Embra's life harder for them um, but I mean is it maybe just more of a malaise in Glasgow their season's sort of over to the extent that they know they've got the home semi I do think so. Um, I also think you know some of the guys that were coming back from Scotland duty uh, looked a bit rusty, um, but I do just you know, the season's kind of petering out. They, they didn't have a great deal to play for, but you know there are still places to play for to uh, to make sure you're in the semi final. But um, you know it's just uh, it just went downhill after about fifty minutes on Saturday. Uh, I should also say. Um, if I if I was any sort of professional, I would have trailed this at the start. But I should also say that coming up, we have got an interview with Callum Gibbons uh, that we did um, last week, so before the game, and also before he was nominated for the is it McCreet? Now I'll get this right. McCreet Sanderson Player of the Year. Is that right? Is it McCreet Sanderson? Is it, no, it's a um, McCree Financial Services. That'll be it. I'm getting them yeah. mixed up with. Uh, it's, it's on the sleeve. Well, yeah, you you pay more attention to these things than I do. You watch Glasgow far more regularly. Yeah, when I'm pulling out the washing, yeah. <laughs> um, so he is. It's him, um, Nick Grigg, Johnny Gray, uh, Sam. Uh, no. Who? Sorry. No, it's uh, Johnny Gray's not in it. It's um, I've got the list right here. It's Go on, uh, Matt, 
uh, Gibbons, Greg, as you already mentioned, Matt Fagerson, uh, who's already been mentioned, uh, George Horn, Rudy Jackson, and also Sam Johnson, and also George Turner's in there as well. Yeah, because there was that fine photo of um, Sam Johnson in his uh, socks and sandals. Yeah, socks and sandals, yes, a uh, lovely combo. <laughs> uh, who's your money on for that? Um, well, I've, I voted yesterday. Um, I did hover over Sam Johnson because I think he's been very good this season. Um, I didn't actually see the socks and sandals at this point, so it didn't sway my voting. <laughs> um, but I, I've actually voted for uh, tonight's interviewee, Callum Gibbons. Yeah, that's who I went with too. Um, I think he's had a decent impact um, this season. Um, he's come in, he's done a job, he's filled the gap. I think he's, he's, he's on. I didn't ask him because he's already sort of on record as saying if the opportunity to play for Scotland comes along. He'd take it. He'd be thirty-one, I think, when he's eligible. Yeah, I think he would be. I just he would just have turned thirty-one, I believe, by the time he's eligible. Yeah, but then you've got Sam. Is it Sam Johnson's eligible this summer? I think. Yes, he is. Yes, he will be eligible uh, for this summer internationals. So probably an opportunity to rest, maybe Hugh Jones and a couple of others. So he might get his opportunity there. Yeah, I think Hugh Jones definitely to rest. You know, he came straight from Curry Cup. He didn't even get a chance to celebrate the Curry Cup. He was on a flight to Glasgow pretty much uh, straight away. Um, so he's, apart from his time out injured, he's pretty much played rugby for a full year, yeah. calendar year. So and I the, think he needs to be sit down. Yeah, and the news today is he, he's got a fractured a fractured face and he's out yes. with a concussion. Yes, S- several small fractures of the face. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not a good injury. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty nasty. <laughs> Um, the other Glasgow news it was Glasgow heavy tonight because there was there's not much um, in the way of Ember news although we'll get to some later on um, Ryan Wilson's got a new contract yes he's signed on till 2020 um, so that's a two year extension for him and also Jamie Batty has signed a one year extension now there's a lot of people saying well, you know, he's only signed a one year extension um, and it's I mean he's a promising prop Scotland international um it seems strange that he signed a one-year extension. Uh, maybe it's something something to do with Dave Rennie's. Well, obviously, as a manager, he's going to have some input in that. Uh, maybe Jamie Batty wants to go back to the slaughterhouse. Uh, <laughs> Better but, offer. <laughs> possibly. Performance, but, um, perfor- be- on performance-related pay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many tight heads he can burst open during a match, but, uh, you know, he's... I suppose. I mean, I suppose it keeps him keen. Um, I guess playing for your contract every year, but I don't know. I would have thought Jamie Batty would be the kind of player that Glasgow would want to nail down. Yeah. Well, um, interestingly, uh, I saw that Dave Rennie had said as well as there's 13 players that have re-signed contracts for Glasgow for next season. Um, but he also said that he's got a hand. All the contracts are arranged, but there's, he's got a handful coming in. Um, mm. But you know, we've I've heard no rumours from anywhere. Um, I don't know exactly. He said just, you know, extra coverings, certain positions. Um, but uh, yeah, I've got no inclination as to who those people may be. The, so, the, sorry about that. Well, they're going to be uh, light, light when... I mean, you would think they would want to get some cover at 10. Um, there's there's an Irish lad, I think, uh, going, going spare at the minute. He, you know, you never know. He <laughs> uh, who shall not be named. Yes. Uh, no, I don't think that'll be happening. No. <laughs> Um, the other contract news: uh, Richard Cockrell signed a uh, contract extension. Now, the interesting thing. Now, this is me with my tinfoil hat on because I did some maths today. So, Richard Cockrell signed a two-year deal when he first signed with Edinburgh, as did Dave Rennie at the same time. But there's no news that Dave Rennie signed an extension. Um, 
and I wonder why. It might be that he's happy, but it, it would seem strange given the Glasgow have had a, a very good first season under him that he hasn't. There's been no announcement yet on any contract extension where Richard Cockrell's getting tied down. I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe even if you think about it the other way, maybe Richard Contra- uh, Cockrell's getting tied down by the SRU. You know, if the World Cup doesn't go great, maybe Gregor Townsend might be looking for a new job. There's more tinfoil hats. Going well, this is this is where I've put this is where I've put five and seven together and got four hundred and fifty-two. Um, I was listening. There's an interview with uh, Damien Hughes, who's the um, he is Scotland's psychologist, and they were interviewing him on BBC Radio Manchester about Pep Guardiola, and he says Pep Guardiola never is never at a club for more than four years because he believes in the four-year cycle. And Gregor Townsend has been down to meet Pep Guardiola to talk about coaching. And yeah, he's been he, twice. I think he's been to, he went to La Masia as well, the Barcelona Academy. Yeah. And Pep was in charge. So you just, I mean, part of me wonders, you know, Gregor's a young man. If there's anything to be said, or if he's buying into this for you. I mean, how long was Gregor at Glasgow? Was he there for you? For... For, I was just thinking that when you said that. Um, <laughs> I reckon it was, yeah. Um, so he's been at Glasgow four years, done his four-year cycle, won the pro... Maybe, maybe five, actually. Well, that, that sort of proves the point, because I think Pep Guardiola listened to Johan Cruyff, who said, I was at um, I was at Barcelona one year too long, which you could argue with Townsend. Uh, he, was, he was at Glasgow one year too long, possibly. Um, so whether or not... Townsend buys into the four-year cycle and, you know, he gets to the World Cup, does another season, goes, and then you've got Richard Cockrell ready to come in and that would be all sorts of fun, wouldn't be in, in press conferences for the Six Nations? Yeah, but they said that about, well, a lot of people thought that Eddie Jones was fun at the 2015 World Cup. I, I didn't in particular. <laughs> I thought he's a bit of a gobbish. <laughs> yeah. Um what we'll do now, though, we'll uh, hear from uh, the women's teams for the uh, playing on Silver Saturday. So we, uh, I'll give you a rundown of the games playing if you're going along. Uh, at ele- there's two kickoffs at 11 a.m. Um, according to the SRU website, which may or may not be correct. Uh, you've got Glasgow University versus Greenock Wanderers in the women's plate final, and then uh, Gerok. Oh no, hang on, let me get this right. Ga- Ga- Garioch. Garioch, maybe. Garioch versus Oban Lawn uh, in the women's ball final. Um, I promise you we chose the teams that we've uh, interviewed completely at random. Uh, it wasn't the fact I couldn't pronounce Garioch uh, at all, but um, we're about to hear from uh, Oban Lawn, uh, Glasgow University, and um, the um, Serebini Cup finalists, Watsonians, who are playing uh, Hillhead and Jordan Hill. Okay, I'm joined now uh, by uh, Laura America McCormick from Open Lawn uh, Ladies. Uh, Laura, what's with the nickname? Um, well, I'm originally from America, so uh, when I first uh, joined the team, there was two Lauras, so they started calling me Captain America, and then it got shortened to America. Ah, okay, <laughs> makes sense. Um, so, had you, had you, how long have you been uh, over in Scotland for? Um, on and off, basically all my life. So, um, I have been raised between the two countries, which has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and I go back home every year to Missouri, um, where my family have a farm. Okay, is there much much rugby in Missouri? Um, it's getting there. There's actually a team out in St. Louis called the St. Louis Sabers, um, which. Uh, 
um, I follow. Um, so they're, 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 it's, a good, it's a good women's team. It's getting there. The, the rugby in the States is definitely um, growing. It's one of those sports that's definitely growing. So it's yeah. good to see. Okay, so, so Open uh, Lorne, um, yeah. you've had quite a season. I mean, you're unbeaten in National League 2, played 11-1-11. Um, yep. 625 points for and 12 conceded. Um, that is correct. We've only had uh, two try uh, scores against us this season. Um, the girls are playing absolutely fantastic. Um, and that just comes down to our, um, our hard work, um, which basically our coach, Corey Lowe, has been putting her through her paces. And um, I'm just proud of the whole team. Uh, we're such a solid unit and such a family from a small town. You know, we really gel together, and it's just been an absolutely fantastic season. So, how does that work with with somewhere like Oban? I mean, because it's, it's fairly isolated um, yeah. as things go. I mean, is it, are all the girls local? Um, we there are some local girls. There's also some students that come and work um, at Sam's or go to the local um, uh, Marine um, University, which is good. Um, we also have some girls who have went off to university and uh, are now in Edinburgh and they travel back and they play home games, they play away games. So we really are a family and people make the effort to come back and play for us. It's been fantastic. Um, we've also got a player from Italy at the moment playing for us. Nice. She came over to play for us, Erica, and she's just been absolutely outstanding this season. So um, how are you uh, actually getting down to Murrayfield as a team? Are you all going down together on a bus? And... Yes, we are. We're all going down the night before on the bus. Um, all of us, so it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. We're going to stay the night before and have dinner together and breakfast the next morning. And you know, we re- we really are a family. We just uh, we just it's just really good. Um, and you um, up against now? I want to get this right. I had to look this up online. Geary, yeah, I think it's how it's pronounced. Um, they're top of national one, but you, you did beat Howard Fife twenty nine five in the ball semi. So I mean, how are you? Are you hopeful? Um, Yes, definitely. Um, we're up for the challenge. It's great, um, obviously, because we've had such a successful season this season. Um, it's good to be up against um, teams that are a league above us. Obviously, we'll be going up there next uh, season anyway. So, you know, and I think we should be equally matched, to be honest with you. Um, and we are very um, confident that um, we can take them all the way and, you know, beat them on the day. Uh, and there'll be a lot of people there who are listening to this that are going to be there on the day um, who obviously won't, won't know the, the team that much. Who should they be sort of looking out for from your team? It's, just, it's really quite hard because, you know, as I said, we've, everybody stepped up their game this season and we, we play so well together. It's really hard to just pick out, you know, one player that you say, oh, that's our star player. We've got so many players on the team that are just, you know, playing really, really good Rugby, so I would just say to everybody, you know, look out for Oban Lorne. You know, we're coming, and it's, it's it's going to be a good day of rugby. Any any chance anybody could get involved in? Well, pardon? Have you got any chance or anything that, that people have, have from the, the the Oban terraces that anybody can get involved in? Um, Green Army. That's they they just keep on shouting Green Army, and then we'll know that's that that's that's for us. That's that's our nickname. We're the Green Army, and uh, we're very proud of that. I'm joined uh, now by Iona White from Glasgow University uh, Women's Rugby Team. Uh, Iona, uh, you're playing uh, Greenock Wanderers in the plate final. Um, So have you played Greenock much before? We've played them twice this season um, in BT Nat 1. And how is is that? So so what sort of game do you think it'll be uh, on Saturday, Silver Saturday? 
I think it'll be quite a tough-fought match. I think we're quite well-matched teams. Um, we've come off winning both times, but it's always. I think the start of it is always quite um, nervy, and I think and everyone trying to almost psych each other out. Um, we're both quite strong teams as well, so I think it'll be a really exciting one to watch, and yeah, as I say, quite tough-fought. And is there anyone sort of when people are going along uh, who might not be familiar with sort of your team um, are there to watch others? Is there anyone that they should look out for uh, from Glasgow Uni? I think um, to be diplomatic and not give too much away <laughs> at the moment, I would say we have a very strong pack just in general and we have a lot of variety in the players we have. We have a really strong scrum um, and it's quite solid um, and we've got a lot of backs to draw from as well. We've had a lot of sort of freshers joining us this year, and so it's given us quite a lot of depth to play with, I think, on the pitch, and all our players sort of give something different, um, and we've got some good subs to come on as well. I think as well, maybe if you're talking about one player, um, our flanker, Erin Davey, actually got man of the match when we played in the bowl two years ago, and she's just as good now as she was then, if not better. She's just kind of really well known for her chop tackles. Um, she'll just get anyone around the ankles and she's just there in every single ruck. So I'd say she's probably one to watch out for, definitely. Yeah, and and you mentioned getting a lot of freshers in. Now, a lot of the other sort of women's teams will probably uh, be a lot more steady maybe in, in their player intake and outtake and turnover. But how, how, how easy is it to sort of fit freshers in to the way that you play? Um, it depends. I think uh, we do really well because we do get quite a lot of people coming in. A lot of people when they come to university, it's the first time they've ever played. But we've really worked this year on making sure we've got a good development process to allow people um, to prepare for contact. Um, so we've got a lot of people who were freshers at the start of the year um, who are playing you know, at the same level as the rest of us who've been here for three, four years. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's the thing. If you're in the university team, we're probably only here for four years. Then we have a turnover. Um, so there's quite a few leaving this year. But I think because we get so many in and we've been really working on this sort of development pathway to getting people in, um, we shouldn't be impacted too much on that next year and in the coming years with sort of turnover all the time. And, and am I right in thinking you play two games a week? Yeah, we do. We play in the Universities League, so that's Bucks 1A on Wednesdays and we play in National 1 on Sundays. And is that the same team that you put out for both or do you sort of mix? It's coming from the same team, yeah. It'll just depend on, obviously, who can play two matches that week. Um, but yeah, just looking, so I think for the captain... Um, it's been quite hard to, to pick, having a lot of players to choose from. So it's really made it a really good sort of competitive aspect this year, getting onto those teams and starting for those teams. But yeah, it's all the same players. And and what about have you got much of a travelling support coming to through to see you in Edinburgh? Yeah, I think we'll have a big crowd through from um, from the west in Glasgow, um, Greenock as well. I think because Edinburgh's not too far away from us. You know, it's maybe an hour on the train. I think we've all got supporters coming through 
and um, we're looking to get a lot of university supporters, so our own players who can't play, family and friends, the men's teams, our coaches, you know, sort of get a big university presence there as well as just family and friends. That's good to hear. Well, uh, thank you very much for speaking to us, I know. I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you very much. Thanks. I'm joined now by Emily the Badger Cotterell from Watsonians Women's Team. Uh, Emily, um, that was how you were introduced to you, I think, by one of your coaches. Um, how did you get the nickname? Um, it actually came from uh, another teammate, and it's to do with how I run. Um, so apparently <laughs> I scurry along the ground, uh, I've got big hips. You'll probably see it out on finals day. But yeah, I, I badger about the pitch, and that's where it's uh, come from. Is it, is it a team for nicknames? Is it what, sorry? Is it a team for nicknames? Do you have many in the team, or is it just you? I think it's probably just, well, we've got um, we've got Spud, who's obviously one of the Irish, um, but we're, <laughs> yeah, there's not a huge amount of nicknames, to be honest. Most of us are kind of shortened abbreviations. We've got we've got a Frenchie, we've got Shaz, um, yeah, just a, probably just Badger and Spud are the, the main two, I guess. The main two, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you've sort of come to the to the final of the Serbian Cup the hard way. I mean, it was uh, your semi final was was it forty three forty six away to Murrayfield Wanderers. I mean, that sounded like quite a close match. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're we're obviously delighted that we've had that route. It's been good to step up from. Um, we were obviously playing in the Premier League B split for, for most of the season, um, but yeah, the, the route to the final has not been the easiest. We're obviously delighted. We're Wanderers are someone that we've never beaten. Um, it was a really, really physical game, um, end-to-end. A lot of it actually contested right in the middle of the pitch, so just blocking out the defence, tackling, running, tackling, running, tackling. I don't think I've ever been as sore as I was after the game. Um, but, but yeah, a, a great result, and obviously we're, we're super excited to progress through that, that route. Uh, that was, um, unfortunately, I had to cut the interview short with um, Emily from Watsonians, because I had a problem with the sound, um, but she did go on to say um, how much the club had invested in social media to grow the team, uh, how much they were looking forward to what's uh, to next season and how much the club had grown, uh, so that's great to hear. Um, Ian, you're uh, the 1872 at the weekend then, you got any, I mean, there's been a lot of banter back and forward uh, between Dave Rennie and, and Richard Cockrell, particularly today, uh, both sort of saying it's bragging rights for who's the better team in Scotland, uh, you, obviously you're, you're Glasgow. Any any idea which way it's going to go? Um, yeah, well, I, just going back to Rennie and Cockrell, that, is there a wee bit of needle almost coming in there? You know, I thought it was a wee bit interesting, some of the uh, some of the comments. Uh, but with regards to the game, which I will make, unfortunately I've just found out I'm working till one o'clock, so I'm going to miss some of it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Edinburgh-Glasgow game, at the moment, I'm, I'd probably have to go with Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, which pains me to say, but um, but you know they they need the point. They need points to make to make sure they get that uh, that playoff spot. Yeah. Um, you know when Ulster play Glasgow, they they look desperate and hungry, and they you know like I've, I've said, they, they kind of overpower Glasgow towards the end. Um, despite Glasgow also you know making troubles for themselves. Um, but at the moment, I, I, I do kind of fancy Edinburgh for the win. Yeah. Although I'm usually wrong, so <laughs> we wonder. I suppose the Ulster game's a chance for them to. I mean, they, it was quite a strong side they put out against Ulster, given it was a nothing game for Glasgow. Um, I suppose just to get a few rusty players running through some plays. Um, so you wonder yeah, how strong but... a side Glasgow would stick out are going to stick out on Saturday, given you know what's at stake in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean there is that two week break before the the semi final, um, but. 
mean, like you said, you know, it was it was a strong Glasgow team that put out that was put out, and they didn't perform well. And a few of the most disappointing performances I've seen this season have been when there's been a supposedly strong, you know, the first almost a first choice fifteen, certainly a first choice back line out. Um, and then the guys who have come in, guys like Sam Johnson, for example. I mean, you look at the Player of the Season nominees. It's not a, a great deal of big names in there. It's kind of you know unsung heroes almost. Um, so you know, I think every position is to play for. Um, and even if Glasgow do go with someone like Johnson and Greg in the centre combination, they've probably performed better than you know uh, Hugh Jones, for example, um, this season has so far. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting one, Jones, in that he seems you know he, he definitely plays well to date has played better for Scotland than he has for Glasgow. Yeah, it seems to be that, you know, he puts on Scotland jersey, especially on on the Murrayfield pitch. He's just an absolute machine. You know, he's, he seems almost pretty as close to world-class as Scotland have got, if Scotland do have any world-class players. Um, which probably, I don't know, Hogg maybe down there. Um, but yeah, it just seems to have not quite sparked at Glasgow yet. Yeah. Um, there was somebody suggesting, on again, it's proper. I don't know if there's a full moon or what, but uh, somebody tonight on it was the Scottish Rugby Forum. Somebody um, which you're a moderator on, Ian. So um, I don't know how this slipped past you, but it was, it was somebody put on uh, another post from somewhere else, uh, suggesting that the recent dip in form suffered by Glasgow is another SRU money making conspiracy, uh, because um, Dodson and his evil hench persons have orchestrated events to set up the controversial third leg of the 1872 as a meaningful spectacle. Um, yeah. I mean, well, I was quite disappointed to read that because I, I myself was uh, in the midst of writing a, a script along similar lines, although it's going to be a more Ocean's Eleven caper style uh, movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I know the uh, perpetrator of the comments. Um, yeah. Yes. Let's say it's facetious, shall we? Yeah. I mean, the other suggestion I think I've seen as well is that um, the SRU want Glasgow to do badly now so that they can make Ember do better and fill Murrayfield and get more money through the gates um, which no no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you're never going to get 67,000 people out of Murrayfield every, every fortnight no it's, no, and it would, it would show levels of, of forward planning that the SRU have hitherto uh, not shown um, uh, well you know what's happened but there's all this talk about the uh, the mini stadium uh, out the back of Murrayfield. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, apparently. Well, I've, I've, I was reading somewhere. And I don't know it, it, the, the, that it's stuck at the planning stage at the minute. Um, so if, I mean, again, again, we're always looking for rumours. So if anybody, you know, anybody working from the Edinburgh City Council planning department wants to get in touch and tell us what's happening there, by all means, you know, drop us a line. Um, I should have said at the top, you can get in touch with us uh, Twitter. Uh, at Cami Black or at Scott Rugby Blog, and we're on the email now podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Uh, and you can leave comments in the blog if you uh, if you think your job's worth it. Embra City Planners, uh, we're on scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Um, in terms of rumours, now uh, I got a point of order here, Ian. Uh, you, I know, is it? I think it's it's John Anderson, isn't it, that runs the uh, Scottish Rugby Forum Twitter account, isn't it? Uh, I believe it is, yes. Right. I, I don't have anything to do with the Twitter account now. Yeah, disowning it quickly. Now, um, we I don't do... do Twitter, man. Yeah. <laughs> we do... Uh, um, we, 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 we always ask for players spotted and, and, and rumours. And I know a lot of people that listen to this listen to other podcasts too, uh, particularly Blood and Mud, and, and I don't mind that. Um, do you know? Um, by all means, look out the window when you're travelling on the bus, as so long as you get off at the right stop. It's fine. 
Um, I don't mind when I hear familiar names read out, you know, as contributors on other on other uh, podcasts. That's fine. You know, we're friendly with Blood and Mud. Don't mind you contributing to them. Other podcasts, probably not. But John has has only gone and tweeted Blood and Mud with a player spotted and because he saw Johnny Gray in George Square with a tiny black bin. Right. Which is the sort of thing that um, we're after, but I sort of feel like yeah, I feel like he's... Michael Corleone in, in The Godfather where he walks up and says, Fredo, I know it was you. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. And then out into the lake. That's it. Or is that... Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but, but get, us, get us your suggestions on what we should do to John. Yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll have to have words. Don't, don't you worry, I'll, uh, I'll be on the admin chat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let them know. Uh, we'll maybe get them to write uh, write an article for the blog on uh, how well Ember have done this season, or something like that. As a pens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, now what we're going to do is we're going to hear from the men's teams uh, involved on Saturday. So we've got uh, the BT Cup final at four thirty on the main pitch, which is Sterling County versus Melrose. You've got the BT Men's Shield Final uh, at 12.05pm, which is Carrick versus Hoyk Harlequins. That should have been Berwick instead of Hoyk. Boo. Uh, and then uh, at 10am, a ridiculous hour of the morning, you've got Wigtonshire versus Roth Sutherland. Uh, so we're going to hear now from Ross Sutherland, uh, who um, Rory, who's the editor of the blog, uh, plays touch with a lot of their players, so he's spoken to them in person. And then we've got an interview with uh, Carrick and then Melrose. So I'm here with Stuart Mack from Ross Sutherland Rugby Club. Hello, how you doing, Rory? And uh, we're going to have a wee chat about the game coming up at BT Murrayfield. The game, uh, um, it's the National Shield final, and it's a 10 o'clock in the morning kickoff, which is ridiculously early for a game of rugby. But they brought it forward this year, uh, I think, because there's an extra final on in the day. So yeah, we're all tra- we travel down uh, Friday night and a uh, hotel in Edinburgh, and then head to Murrayfield. So what time will your uh, your fans be getting up to travel down? Uh, our fans, our legion of fans are leaving at 5 o'clock in the morning and we've got a supporters bus heading south. So yeah, it should be quite an entertaining bus journey I would imagine for them. Okay, so uh, to get to the final, how many games have you played to get there? Um, we've played we've played about five cup games. We beat Aberdeen Uni in the regional bowl final uh, at home, which was a, that was the, the real tough game for us. We were... Um, with 20 minutes to go, we were about 15 points down and clawed it back. And it was a, a last-minute conversion from the touchline to secure that win, um, which was excellent. So we got the regional bowl on that Saturday. Then the following week, we were into this national semi and played Queen's Ferry at home. They came north to Invergordon again. A slightly more straightforward game, I think. We, we, we ran out 42 points to 14, I think, in the end. We made hard work to begin with, but certainly we um, scored a few at the end, so which was nice. So were there any uh, uh, long journeys travelling far afield for in that mm. cup campaign? Is it mostly kind of local? local? No, it's mostly local, I suppose. Being well, obviously being the regional bowl, uh, and then we were fortunate enough to get a, a home semi final draw uh, for the national and get Queens Ferry up the road. So and it does make a big difference getting folk to come up to us, to be honest. So um, yeah, no, it was good. If you could just uh, tell us a little bit about Ross Sutherland Rugby Club, you know wh- where's the the home ground, yeah. what sort of area, area the players come from. Yeah, they um we play at um the naval ground in Invergordon, um sort of thirty miles north of Inverness. So our area that the te- the team covers is vast. We go f- to the west coast to Gearlock, we go up to Sutherland, 
um, and back over the Black Isle and so on. So we do cover a massive area which has some fairly significant challenges with it as well. Um, we are, we're also a, a country team, I suppose, and a lot of our players are working farms and so on, the seasonal work. I mean, we do take a hit numbers-wise come harvest, come lambing. These times, they really do affect us. I know it sounds a bit ridiculous, but it does. So for us to get this far in the final, uh, to get to Murrayfield is a, is a massive achievement, to be honest. So player base, we can have anything from 30-odd at training and one week, and it can be, depending on the weather and so on, it can drop to, to 10 the following week. So it's a um, field, to be honest. So uh, how long have you been playing for the club or associated with the club? Me, myself, uh, probably about 28 years actually uh, with Ross Sutherland. So uh, as player and then latterly as manager, um, I've been to three semi-finals for this National Shield and this is the fourth one as manager and we've managed to get the win. So, uh, And the, f- the first time uh, in the club's history that it's gonna we're going to run out of Murrayfield. So it's, uh, it's quite a big deal for us. Are any uh, any famous former players of the club that have uh, gone on to bigger and better things? Uh, oh, the, the the mighty Alan McLean is a local hero. Uh, Nairn McEwen, actually, a Scottish rugby player from the seventies. He uh, he played for us for a number of years and uh, and had a few years coaching as well. And latterly, Ali Ansborough has been a. Uh, he captained the team. He's he's done a lot of behind the scenes work. Uh, more lately, when he's since he's been injured, his uh, his brother Joe Ansborough, who's many of you'll know, plays for has played for Scotland in the centre and famously headbutted one of his Strokosh, own team, yeah. Strokosh, to uh, after celebrating a win. I think it was against Australia. So um, that's about the height of the the fame. For Member Gordon. And have you picked a team for Murrayfield yet? Do you know who's. <laughs> no, that's a, no, it's a hot topic at the moment, obviously. Uh, we've got 22 spaces, and given this push for Murrayfield, we have had regularly 30 plus boys training. So, yeah, we still have that sit down and really, really narrow it down. I think we've got the 20th of April, we have to have it, the team picked by. So, we're almost there. 95% of the team is sorted, just two or three positions we're still looking at. So, any uh, any players to look out for on the day for the. The fans that are going to uh, going to be uh, yeah definitely um, we've got a a Welsh second row uh, Brian Beefy Davis that came he arrived around about Christmas time uh, this season for us actually and um, he is uh, he's just a typical hard second row Welshman uh, fairly mental to be honest leads with his head <laughs> uh, seconds away from concussion on every contact but you uh, know he's an outstanding player and works works tireless effort to be honest and also um, our coach and standoff and development officer for uh, Ross Aran, John Mann um, he's a fantastic player he had a couple of years in New Zealand recently and he's came back uh, a changed man altogether so keep an eye out for him and uh, are you going to pick yourself? <laughs> I hope you edit this bit out. Uh, I would, well, wait and see. To be wait. decided. To okay. be decided. Thanks for your time, Stuart. No problems. Cheers. Uh, I'm joined now by uh, Stuart Burney uh, from Carrick Rugby Club. Uh, Stuart, um, you, this is the third Shield final in a row uh, for the club and your current holders. What what do you put that down to? Um, I think that I put it down to the unique partnership that we've managed to establish between the school at Carrick Academy and uh, the rugby club. So circa 10 years ago, our current head coach, Gordon Brown, um, um, was at Carrick Academy and he then became the head coach at Carrick Rugby Club. And therefore, we've been able to get the youth coming through into the the club um, and therefore that has contributed hugely to our, our success. 
So you're you're uh, sort of most most of the lads that are sort of playing for your uh, team that will be there on Saturday. They're, they're all sort of local lads then. Yeah, absolutely. If I actually off the top of my head, if I think about it, you know, if we've got a squad of what is it, twenty one, twenty two, you're you're allowed for Saturday. Um, I would say nineteen of those will have came out of either Carrick Academy or Girvan Academy, which is you know truly fantastic. Yeah, that's really good. And, and so, in terms of a club like Carrick, um, what are your plans on Saturday? Are you sort of there and back in a day on the bus, or are you sort of planning a, a night night over? No, so we will uh, be up early doors on Saturday morning and, and leaving Mabel circa eight o'clock on the, the team bus and then through to Murrayfield um, and do the game and then it's back down to Mabel and we have the town hall booked for hopefully a, an after um, a match party and where we'll be celebrating hopefully our third shield. Yeah, and so no, no plans for an open bus top tour through the high street. <laughs> yeah, we could do that through the streets of Mabel, but I'm not sure there'd be a huge, huge audience to to cheer us on. <laughs> and, and what about travelling support? Have you got many people going up? Oh yeah, that that that's something that always um, amazes us, and, and we're quite fi- frankly overwhelmed with is that you know every time we go to Murrayfield or we've had a big semi final or, or a big match, we get huge crowds. So I think in the you know the first year we took something like between ten and fifteen buses, um, and the 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 second year last year was about ten buses. You know when you think. Mabel has probably got a population of about four, five, six thousand. Um, add into Garvin on, on that as well. The amount of people that come out to to cheer us on is is great. So, to, you know, hopefully this year we'll get, um, you know, five to ten bus loads worth of people coming through as well as those that the drive. So, a great support to to cheer the lads on and makes uh, such a huge difference. Yeah, and and obviously there are a few people there who maybe not familiar with club rugby. Um you know, for, for the other games that are on that day. Is there any one from Carrick they should look out for on the day? I mean, I don't, I'm not expecting any spoilers for what the starting lineups going to be, but any players you would pick yep. out as being ones to watch? Uh, I think, I think you know, do you know if I, I reflect on things and, and where the teams came this year, I think on a whole, the team is, um, I would say, more organised and, and fitter than I've ever seen them. Um, and that's huge credit to the coaching staff, obviously. In terms of players to, to look out for, in the forwards, I've been really impressed this year with them as a unit and their defensive effort, but also their ball carrying through the likes of our back row and Blair Jardin and, and Callum Smith, and also Stephen Raby, who plays in the, the front row. And there's three young lab, lads that are only a couple of years out of school, and Joe Conan and David Andrew and Andrew McComb, and whom you look at the size of them, you wouldn't think they're just out of school, but they've been, been fantastic. Um, and the backs, um, I love the way Kyle Johnson, our standoff, controls the, the game. Um, and in previous years, in the big, wide open spaces at Murrayfield, we've got a couple of real flyers in the wings in the form of Lewis Clark and, and Ross McAuliffe, who have, have been a real asset and really contributed to the, the, the wins that we've had. Um, and in terms of the the game itself, I mean you're up against Hoyt Quinns. Now I'm, I'm going to confess I've got a slight vested interest in here, so I'll, I'm going to back you because Hoyt Quinns are the reason Berwick Rugby Club uh, aren't playing against you uh, in the final because <laughs> they, they they put Berwick out. Um, so how how confident are you of of playing Hoyt Quinns? Because they're sort of similar to you, they're top of East one and you're top of West one, so it's it's going to be quite a quite a clash, I would imagine. Oh yeah, you know. 
um, it's always really, really hard to, to judge. And as you can imagine, in previous years, we always have these conversations when you get to semi-final stage, when we've you know, we played Highland, Highland in the, pla- the, the past in the final, we've played Murrayfield Wanderers. Um, and you always think, you know, how does uh, the West League compare to the East League, compare to the, the North and Midlands, etc.? And, and you really don't know. But what we, we do know is that we played Alloa in the, the semi-final, and that was a hell of a game, you know, really, really tough. Um, so we're expecting a, a really, really tough game against Hoyt Harlequins. Um, but hopefully, with you know, the hard, hard work and the right attitude, we can get this shield for the third time. Well, uh, I wish you all the very best uh, for Saturday, Stuart. Thank you, and thank you for letting us come on the pod. OK, on the line now, we've got uh, Melrose Vice-Captain uh, Craig Jackson. Thanks for joining us, Craig. No worries. Um, Craig, you're a Melrose lad. Um, how much would it mean to you to get the League and Cup Double this season. Yeah, coming through the system, it mean a lot for us to get the double. Having won the cup last year, we got a little snippet playing at Murrayfield, but having confirmed the league title two weeks ago, it'd be great to do the double match. Um, and I mean, potentially next season, Melrose are maybe looking at um, a new era in the Super Six. I mean, is there a sense among the team that this might be a bit of a last opportunity to get, you know, the domestic league and cup? Uh, yeah, we've not really spoke about it, but yeah, I'm sure it's in the back of some boys' minds that, that there might not be many more opportunities to do both. Um, so we've not really touched upon it as much as you, you likes yourselves and the press probably have, but it is there in the back of older uh, statesmen's minds. Yeah. Um, you're up against Stirling County in the final. Um, you've beaten them twice already this season. Are you, does that make you pretty confident going into the game? <clears throat> Um, we're pretty confident, but we know that currently have their own threats. And to be honest, the games we've played against them, they have threatened us. And it's not as been as one-sided as maybe the scoreline suggested away at County. And the one that Greenyards was only a try in it. So no, we know they're strong enough to give us some worries. Um, and I mean, do you think it'll be any different sort of with the Murrayfield pitch? Um, well, it should suit us down. Uh, a little bit more perhaps maybe we've got some really attacking back three players so and we've played there before so that might give us a little bonus but they've got players like Ross Curl and Peter Jurusevic that have played on the big stage a few times himself. Um, now th- there might be a few people there on Saturday with it being Silver Saturday a lot of people might not uh, traditionally follow club rugby is there anyone uh, at Melrose that they should be looking out for? Well you've got your older stakesman at the back Fraz Thompson who can light up a um, pitch just at the top of a button. He's pretty exciting to watch. And you've got the youngsters like Ross McCann. Um, and, well, we've got a lot of good, exciting youngsters in the forwards. Angus Runciman's been one of our stalwarts this year. He hasn't missed a game and he gives as good as he gets. Um, and, and what are the plans for the weekend then for the team? Are you making a weekend of it or is it just up and back in a day? Uh, I'm not too sure, to be honest. We'll find out more tonight or... Thursday at training um, I'd imagine we'll go up we'll probably have our own meal at the rugby club before we head up that's what we usually kind of do and then head up on the bus and it'll all depend on the results I suppose whether we stay around or <laughs> shoot off <laughs> um, Now you were selling tickets for the game during the sevens uh, at the weekend uh, do you get a sense you're going to have a large travelling contingent with you? Uh, I would hope so um, there should be a few We've organised buses and we'll find out more this week how many we'll get. But we normally get a good backing from our um, supporters and hopefully this sounds no different. 
Uh, and what about plans for celebrations if you win the double? Any any plans for an open top bus tour through the market square? Uh, no, it's not looking that far forward. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that hasn't been mentioned at all yet. <laughs> uh, and what about your own plans? Do the job first. Yeah. What about your own plans for next season? I know you, you already do a bit of lecturing at Edinburgh College, and you've you've helped with the Mel- Melrose Athlete Development Program. I mean, are you? If you got the opportunity, would you be up for a crack at the Super Six? <clears throat> Yeah, if the Super 6 came around and it was the right thing for me to do, I'd give a crack. And if it's not the right thing, I'll have to go away from it. But I'm hoping that the opportunity comes and Super 6 is the right thing for me to do. Yeah. Uh, Well, thanks very much for speaking to us, Craig. That's been uh, great speaking to you. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, So great to hear from those guys. Um, Shall we... um... Shall we do Hands in the Rook, Ian, or shall we let people hear from Callum Gibbons? What do you think? Oh, um, shall we quickly blast through Hands in the Rook? Let's blast through Hands in the Rook. Um, what's had its hands in your your Rook? Right, very quickly with their hands in my Rook uh, this week is the New Zealand Rugby Union and their stance over the selection of uh, Brad Shields um, by England for the summer tour. Uh, they're suggesting that... There's uh, Schedule 3 in the contract he's signed means that he is uh, committed to playing for New Zealand clubs um, until the end of the Super Rugby season. However, World Rugby's um, regulations, uh, particularly Article 9.3, clearly states that he has to be released. So I don't understand why the New Zealand Rugby Union are sticking their heels in about this. It's either um, arrogance or pettiness, and both of them are, are not good uh, attributes to have, I feel. No, I mean the interesting thing with it, I think from our from a Scottish point of view, is I I hope it gets tested to see whether the contract trumps the regulations. Purely because the rumour is that John Hardy is considering going back to New Zealand. Obviously, there's limits in the number of foreign players because he's now a foreign player you can have in a Super Rugby team. But if he was to go back, if there was already precedence for players being released, it would be helpful for us. Yeah, but the um, see him, Stephen Chew, his name is. Uh, I think he's the chief executive at New Zealand Rugby. He made a sort of big deal about saying that other players have signed the same contract, uh, like uh, Pacific Island players, uh, particularly. And he made a sort of big deal about that. So it seemed like he was going, "Oh yeah, look, like sort of virtue signaling, going, oh, but we released the Samoans, the Fijians. You know, they can go and play because it's for this spirit of the, it's in the spirit of the game." Um, which just makes it sound even more petty, the fact that they're just wanting to block a potential rival from yeah. picking a player who's not even going to be there um, next year. He's got a, a, an agreement to play for Wasps. Um, so I think it's it's just daft. Yeah. Um, we've had a couple of shouts out for Hands in the Rook on Twitter. Um, Ian, Kerr, Ian D. Kerr just said his Hands in the Rook are just how... Um, Rubbish. He didn't say rubbish. Glasgow have become. Um, which was, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, Andy Render says, refs giving defenders no chance to compete at breakdowns, which turns some games into unlimited tackle rugby league until the attackers either knock on or score. Um, I sort of, I, I think Andy's fair there. I mean, we we asked uh, Callum Gibbons about his uh, view on sort of how he's had to adapt to. To, to different referees it's quite interesting to hear what he, he's got to say on that um, I'm just going to tease that to make you carry yeah. on listening to the podcast <laughs> yeah there was an article somebody had, um, a friend of mine who used to play for Canvas Lang uh, alright I'll give him a shout out Bruni James Brown um, 
he'd put a article on Facebook about this same kind of idea, uh, particularly about well, um, the first example was how Nigel Owens refereed the breakdown in the Scotland England game. So yes, that will be interesting to hear uh, Cully's thoughts on that. Yeah, um, the other ones were all about Edinburgh Glasgow. We've got uh, Rich who said Glasgow not helping out Edinburgh by stopping Ulster from getting the try bonus point win, uh, and then uh, T just T. Uh, said uh, Ember and Glasgow his hands in the rucks were Ember and Glasgow having three opportunities to lose points against each other this year rather than the normal two uh, and then the last one which was quite it was um, George Hamilton um, which is quite an interesting point this is said who said the overlap of the 15 season and the sevens um, which dilutes the quality of the sevens tournaments and then he I mean he ponders whether there's too many sevens tournaments I, I don't necessarily think that's the problem I think it's something that the SRU probably needs to look at um, because if you I don't think it's helpful having them overlap I mean it's partly down to fixtures being snowed or rained off that, that the leagues are still running but I, I mean I think there's merit to sort of sevens being more of a sort of late spring summer thing No yeah I could I, I'd agree with that um, well I think as well, uh, unless unless like George Horn or Rudy Jackson specifically asked to go to the Commonwealth Games because they thought it'd be a good experience, um, you know George Horn's arguably been Glasgow's best scrum half this season. Yeah. Um. So you know it would have been handy to have him, have him around. Um, last couple of weeks and Jackson as well. He's been a a, a solid performer. Um, but you know if if they wanted to go, then you know that's absolutely cool but um yeah i know i I think um alan uh dimmick was saying in the last podcast you've got the rugby sevens world cup coming up soon and there's a number of players you know the likes of george horn and stuff and you wonder whether or not they're going to sort of say actually i want the opportunity to go and have a crack at that yeah and also uh, we should probably um miss this from the news give a shout out to holly davidson and sam grove white who've been selected uh, to be referees at that uh, rugby world cup sevens. Yeah, that's really that's uh, yeah, that's good. It's good to see finally see some Scottish referees um, getting at that level. Uh, been... uh, yeah, yeah, on a world stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last thing I had for my hands in the ruck, um, I kind of feel bad for Ross Sutherland, um, and they mentioned it in the interview uh, that they're kicking off at ten o'clock. Um, I don't really understand that. I mean, the eighteen seventy two is played at seven forty five. I think you could probably have squashed the game's in enough so that they're not having to play it. I wonder how many people who are making a day of it are going to be there at 10 o'clock. Uh, if you have got tickets, do get down and cheer them on, obviously. Um, and the other thing was, I don't. all the women's games are being played on the back pitches. And I don't... Uh, apart from the final. Is it? Is the Serabini one being played on the... Yeah, well, according to the SRU website... Um, I may have I misread sh- that. Yeah, it says that it's on the international pitch. Um, but yeah, the rest of them are... Well, there the, you um, go. There you go. Yeah. There's there's me. So I might I might catch the end of that. There's me getting my hands in the ruck about nothing. But I do think I do think you should. I would stick for me. I would stick the shield, the women's plate, the women's ball, and the men's ball into a pot and just draw, you know, draw one of them out each year to play that sort of. Well, it's the fourth match on yeah, the pitch. You know, it's yeah. like an exhibition match, and and have the others because I don't really see. Well, there's not really any reason why you should have, you know, especially the men's teams from the district leagues playing there ahead of, you know, a women's team from a district league. But there you go. That's that's just me. Um, 
we'll not keep you any longer. Here, here is our interview with uh, Callum Gibbons. Uh, we spoke to him last week, so obviously before the Ulster match and before we knew he was uh, up for player of the season. So uh, enjoy this. Hi, Callum. Callum, are you there? Hello, how are you? I'm not bad, thank you. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. No worries, mate. Um, the first thing we always ask people when they come on the podcast uh, is what club socks they'd wear if they were called up to play for the Barbarians. <laughs> I've got a few clubs. Um, I suppose I'd, I'd have to wear the Warriors club socks at the moment. Um, my club in, club in Scotland Sterling. And um, my club back home was uh, Varsity, Massey University. So, so quite yeah. it might, might be quite a hard choice for you then. Yeah, I suppose I've played all my rugby. You know, Massey University was the the team that sort of gave me the channel to to play professional rugby. So I probably have to play them, wouldn't I? Yeah, yeah, that's a good good choice. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, after was after that that you you went to Manawatu where you last sort of played with Dave Rennie and Jason O'Halloran. Yep. So that that Massey University's in the Manawatu. So yeah, I played a club rugby. Played club, club rugby there, and then from there into the ITM Cup with friends and Jace. Yeah, and and have you noticed sort of any? I mean, it's been a while since you've 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 played with them uh, in between. Have you noticed sort of any changes in in the way that they approach the game since you've come to Glasgow? Uh, yes, little differences, um, different structures that we run. You know, um, we did run similar stuff stuff back in I think it was probably two thousand nine or two thousand ten. So my memory's not. <laughs> It doesn't go back that far, but um, yeah, it's a pretty expensive style of rugby, which I, from memory, I, I remember what we used to try and play in Manawa too. So yeah, pretty similar. Of course, that would have you know picked things up along the way with Jace um, coaching at national level with, with Scotland and Wren's been at the Chiefs. So yeah, different variations there, here and there. And and how have you found the first season playing playing with Glasgow? Yeah, it's been great. Um, I've loved loved every moment of it. Um, Got a bit of an injury there for a while, which was quite frustrating because it was the last thing I, you know, wanted to happen when I come to a new country into a new club. But um, yeah, it's worked. It's worked out great, and we're we're in a good position. So it's been, you know, we've been we've been going really well. Yeah, and is is there anything that's sort of surprised you about playing in the Pro 14 since you've come over? Um, not really, to be honest. Um, it's a bit longer. Like the the season we play with the European Cup, it's a bit longer than I'm used to, I suppose. But um, the weather, the weather sort of is a lot different to home. It's a lot colder, so that sort of makes trainings that little bit harder, I suppose. But other than that, it's it's all pretty similar rugby, and um, yeah, it's it's been it's been good. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of chat during the Six Nations. You might have picked up on it about uh, different interpretations of referees and different unions. Is that something you had to adapt to, or have you did you find it pretty easy, or in terms of the interpretation, especially at breakdown where sort of you're playing a lot of your your rugby. Yeah, um, I suppose every ref has a different interpretation, so you're kind of encountering that every week. Um, no, to be honest, it hasn't hasn't been huge in my, you know, my thinking. But you just have to adapt to, you know, every week the ref is going to rule things things slightly different. So no, it hasn't really been a problem for me. Yeah, and and you talked earlier you've been un- unlucky with injuries, um, and I think. Um, you said when you when you came over, uh, Dave Rennie was sort of asking you to mentor some of the younger lads. Um, it, how, how has that gone for you? Is that something you've enjoyed? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, we've got some great young players here, especially in the loose forwards with you know Matt Smith, uh, Matt Ferguson, Lewis Wynn. Um, those guys are you know they're great players and they're so young, so it's 
hopefully, you know, from from working with them and, and playing with them, that they can sort of pull bits and pieces out of, you know, what I do, and likewise, I can sort of pull stuff out of what they do. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been cool. It's been a sort of a new role for me doing that, I suppose. And um, like I said, yeah, hopefully they can, you know, they can become better players from it, and you know, push for spots and hopefully push for national spots in the future. Yeah, and what what sort of changes have you seen in in the way they play? Is it just little things? I think, yeah, at, at that age you can, well, certainly from my experience, I was probably lacking a little bit of physicality and maybe a little belief in myself. And um, you know, if, if Maddie Maddie Smith and Matt, Matt Ferguson, they've had a you know quite a lot of game time this year, and throughout the season I've been watching their stuff, and they've come along leaps and bounds in that. That phys- you know that physical year at the breakdown and their tackles. So um, yeah, they're, they're big boys and they're talented players. So when they you know they believe that and realise that, then you know the what do they say? The sky's the limit. So I've noticed that in, in the game, and hopefully they can continue to do that over the next you know next few years. And what about yourself? I mean, is there anything sort of you've you've picked up on sort of since you've come come over? Uh, I'm getting a lot more game time here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's there has been little changes in the way you know we play to the way I played at home. So I'm, I'm running different sort of roles within that structure, which is cool. I'm getting a few more few more ball carries, and um, I'm working a bit closer. So it's been good. Um, I think the rugby over here is slightly slightly more direct. With um, a couple of those bigger teams with bigger forward packs, they tend to carry a ball carry ball a bit much, bit more than than um, teams that maybe in the Southern Hemisphere. So, you know, that, that work around the breakdown and in that sort of short area where you need to be really physical with this kind of areas that I've been targeting at training and trying to work on. Yeah, and then so outside of rugby, when I asked uh, the guys that write for the blog sort of um, uh, for questions to ask you, and one of the lads had sort of uncovered uh, Finn Razel, the ba- your band from back in uh, New Zealand. <laughs> is, that, um, is that something you've had, had much of an opportunity to work on since you've been over here? No, well, I haven't played in that band for a couple of years now. To be honest, um, it was when I was sort of part, part oh, full time with the Hurricanes, but I wasn't playing, so I had my weekends off where I'd go back and play club rugby, and I could tee up with the band if we had a gig or something. And one of one of my best mates, Brian Brian Norton, he was the lead singer, so he would always you know tee up little gigs that would you know catch up with, and I could if I had a day off, I could go learn the songs and then play. So it's something I, I, I really miss actually. Um, it's good to be able to get that sort of creative side and, you know, in contrast with rugby, it's completely different. So it was something I love doing and it's a shame that I can't, I can't do both. But, yeah, no, I haven't haven't played in a band for a while. You you directed one of their music videos. Is that something you, you'd like to go and do again? <laughs> no, that was just a budget budget <laughs> uh, video. So me, me and Brian just thought we'd do it, try it out one day and he was, yeah, he was keen on it. And, yeah, I, I didn't have really have a clue what I was doing. We just got down the beach and went for a stroll and saw how it went. Oh, it was a pretty good music video for someone that didn't know what they were doing, I have to say. Um, did Have you had much <laughs> of an opportunity to check out the music scene in Glasgow and Scotland? Um, I've, Not really, you know. I'd, I'd love to do more. It's just sort of you get home from training and, you know, it's been a long day, so I don't tend to venture out too much. But I've been to a um, couple couple live bands around the place and um, the Celtic Connections... Few months ago, when saw one of my old physios was playing a, um, playing the fiddle, oh, playing the banjo, sorry, in an Irish sort of setup. So 
that was cool, cool to see a bit of music there. And I went to Kendrick Lamar was playing in the the hydro, so I went went along to that, which was quite nice. And I'm hoping over the summer break you get to see a bit more. So I think there's a tra- transmit festival. Yeah, I think it's been played in Glasgow. It'd be good to get a, a weekend ticket for that and go see see what's happening down there. And have you got a favourite Scottish musician or band? The Wandering Sons. They're my favourite band. Yeah. What were they? Uh, where, where are they? Hail from? Uh, that's sort of a oh, just a just a mate that I've met. He's um, he plays in them, and they're, they're like a, a folk band. And, um, they're pretty good. Um, I think they're getting some music, new music out soon. And I just checked them out the other week, and yeah, yeah, it's really really nice music. So excellent. It's my favourite. That's my favourite Scottish band. Good, good choice. Uh, well, that that's been really great, Callum. Thanks very much for speaking to us. No worries, man. No worries. All right. Thanks All so good. much. Bye. Sweet. See ya. Uh, so that was Callum Gibbons there. Um, great to hear from him. Um, I think that's it from this week. I can't. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. I don't think I've got anything else. Uh, Ian, unless you've got any any other points of order. Uh, no, I think I'm done. Apart from um, good luck to Duncan Weir and Cornell Dupree who have signed for Worcester. Yeah, um, Cornell um, Dupree who on Instagram is, is. I can sort of understand from his uh, wee paunch. He's got as much of a paunch as me. Why? Uh, maybe maybe his fitness hasn't been um... oh, oh and uh, I think um, yesterday I believe was Alex Dunbar's 28th birthday so happy birthday Alex Dunbar yeah. and I also discovered he's a Southpaw is he? yeah um, it's uh, I, like I, I seem to have inadvertently created an Instagram account but uh, yeah my girlfriend had seen a video on Instagram uh, Hoggy had taken one of Alex Dunbar who seemed to be doing some kind of homework probably about how bad things were on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and, and he was writing with his left hand. So there you go. Dunbar's a Southpaw. He'll be doing lines. There's... Yeah. Um, I mean, but Instagram is where all the Scottish uh, rugby players are. Um, I saw there was the classic video, which isn't there anymore. And I wish somebody had taken it for prosperity of uh, Ryan Wilson packing, flat packing Nick Griggan to his car with some wardrobes. <laughs> um Oh, apparently there's an interview with Ryan Wilson and his kids on Warriors TV this week as well, which is funny. Uh, I've not had the chance to watch it yet. Yeah. Well, it's like three minutes, but I say I've not had the chance. I'm just not... I forgot my headphones going to work. That's, that's happened. <laughs> uh, well, um, thanks everyone for listening again. I uh, hope you enjoyed a slightly different podcast this week. Um, we will be back uh, in May. I have accidentally booked a holiday uh, around the time of the Pro 14 uh, final. Uh, so if either Edinburgh or Glasgow by some miracle Edinburgh or, or Glasgow make it through at the final um, then apologies if there's no podcast around that time um, but we'll try and schedule something in uh, and then we'll be back after that to cover the summer tour in the meantime uh, don't forget to leave your comments on the blog scottishrugbyblog.co.uk check us out on Twitter I'm at Cammy Black others at Scott Rugby Blog. Uh, do if you're on Facebook by all means uh, go along and find the Scottish Rugby Forum there's always a lot of chat going on there uh, but in the meantime, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Ian. Goodbye and sorry for every season there. I'll try <laughs> to hold it until you finish. <laughs> Good effort. Cheers, Ian. Right, cheers.
I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart.